Well, good afternoon, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. It is Tuesday, December 11th, if you can believe it already. Uh, counting down to Christmas here, it seems like, already. Uh, thanks for joining us. I'm your host today, the lead correspondent at the AHL Report, Amy Johnson. And, of course, I'm joined every week by my fabulous co-host, the one and only, the founder of Rocket Sports Media and our editor-in-chief, Mr. Rick Stevens. I'm very excited to be here. Thank Yay. you for inviting me. Did you invite me? I think I think it's just a, a standing... Uh, I, I think it's a standing invitation week to week oh, since nice. we co-host nice. this show. You know, co-host. That's great. So we just expect that you'll be here. So, I, well, I guess I ask because because of the um, defeat in uh, All Habs uh, first round of the playoffs, the, the quarterfinal um, this past weekend. Really? You're going to go there? <laughs> Is that really what you're going to do? Where's the mute button? Yes, I must. I must concede and say that I was defeated in the first round of the playoffs in the All Habs 1 Fantasy Hockey League. By none other fantasy than Mr. Football. Sorry, fantasy football. That's right. I can get. I have. I'm in so many leagues. I can't keep them straight. Fantasy football league. Um, of which at one point I was in first place for a little while. Yeah, and um, Mr. Rick Stevens has sufficiently booted me out of contention. Well, yeah, and both nine and three teams, the two two nine and three teams meeting each other. And, um, you know, on Yahoo in, in uh, fantasy football on the right side, that's that every week they they identify the biggest blowout of the week. Yes. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Seriously. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I didn't even look at that. Oh, just oh, come on. Here's my wound. Rub salt in it. Goodness gracious. So moving well, I, on. Yeah. To the well, semis. I whooped your I whooped your butt in fantasy hockey last week, so Okay. All right. So there's That's that. Still early in the season. Still Yeah, it's still... yeah well this week I'm up against Whalen picking up Connor Hellebuck. Who drops Connor Hellebuck? I would like to know because I'm playing Joseph Whalen this week. Um, so who I, I'm um, I'm looking at you, whoever dropped Connor Hellebuck for my opponent this week to just pick up in free agency. Well, he's in my bad ridiculous. books because um, in the draft, I had Connor sitting there all nice, ready at the top of my queue, ready to be selected next and, Joseph Whalen swooped in and picked him up. Didn't even apologize. And mm-hmm. I said, I said to him, and and then he goes and picks up Hellebuck this week. And I said, who who, who invited you to play? Because it's his first his first time playing this year. Who oh, invited is you that to play the, anyway? Is that the? I don't know how to play fantasy hockey, but I'll just. <laughs> He's doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. 
he's gotten into it pretty quick. I'm regretting my my invitation. We see you, bit. Joe. We see you. We're on to you. Mm-hmm. It's on. So yes, yeah, so you advanced to the semifinals in All Habs fantasy football. What what's happening in All Habs three? You know, um, I was actually I got all excited because been absolutely abysmal in the All Habs three league. Uh, I unfortunately had to auto dra- auto draft that league and could not have come up with a bet- worse roster on auto draft uh, if I tried. And so I've been in last place all season. I have a I have a whopping one and twelve record. Ooh. Yeah, it's uh, super good. And I had a terrible week this week, but my opponent had a slightly worse week. I think I beat my opponent. I don't know, like sixty-seven to sixty-four or something stupid like that. It was super low scoring, um, but I still eked out the win against the guy in first place in the league. Knocks off the top seed. Wow. Yeah. And then I look today. Mm -hmm. Playoffs start today in that league. This week. Not last week. What? For whatever reason, that league is set up that playoffs start a week later. So. Okay. It did absolutely nothing for me. So now I'm two and twelve, and I'm and I'm out. I'm done. I don't even. I don't even think I. I don't even think I make the consolation bracket. Uh oh. Here I thought I knocked off the top seed, and no, playoffs didn't start. I guess that's why I was playing him. So. It was a small moral victory for me. <laughs> hmm. Okay, but you're Small still moral. you're still you're you're doing well in in the ESPN league, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I beat I beat the top seed in uh, the ESPN league this week, uh, which is a it's a two week league, so I have to beat him again this coming week. And I don't usually beat the guy who's in the number one spot, um, Dennis. So, Dennis, if you're listening coming for you again this week. Hmm. But you did you you did well too though. Yeah, um one of my favorite guys to play against, uh Mr. Crawley. Um we we always have good well we had two um uh, matches uh this season. Um he eked out a couple of point win um uh one time and the other time we tied. We actually tied, which is hard to do. That's um, hard. Yeah, but we tied, and um, so, as you said, it's a two-week um, playoff, and so I have a, a comfortable lead, let's say, after week one, just to have to keep it up for week two. Hmm. All right. So is there any chance, like, will we have to face each other if we both win? Like, will this come down to an, another grudge match, or can are, are we yeah, supporting each other? No, that's true, right? Um, that's true. That would be for the championship. Oh, ho, 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 ho. really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Grab your popcorn, folks. You'll want to keep rapt attention to how this develop, how this story continues to develop. It could be good. It could be good. So do we have stories to tell today? 
We do. We have hockey stories that we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about uh, the Rocket had a brief little road trip, uh, two-game road trip this past weekend. So we're going to talk about how that went. Um, We're going to spend about an hour on roster moves because I feel like that's about how many (laughs) that they've had in the last six days. Uh, as well as the injury report. Uh, so lots of movement and things happening there. Uh, we're going to just touch briefly because it's the accolades are deserved. We're going to touch briefly on uh, Mr. Nikita Sherbeck's debut with the LA Kings that happened over the weekend um, to quite a bit of fanfare um, prior to, to him stepping on the ice for the Kings the first time. Uh, we're just going to touch briefly on, we didn't have a chance to get to this last week, and we promised that there was something we were going to talk about last week but ran out of time. I uh, just want to talk briefly about the shakeup that's happening, that's happened in the Flyers organization uh, with Ron Hextall getting, getting axed um, and how things have progressed since then. And, and it's actually, it, you know, kind of goes right into their continuing goaltending issues, both at the NHL level and the AHL level. And quite frankly, um, Laval's, you know, we're going to, as we talk about the injury report, Laval's not exactly in a stellar goaltending situation right now either um, with some injuries. So we're going to touch on those types of things. We're going to take care of some general business, player of the week. Um, We could probably spend an hour on suspensions around the league today as well, because apparently everybody was having temper tantrums this week and there's a lot of suspensions to to review. Uh, We're going to talk about some Jersey fouls, some pretty particular Jersey fouls. Um, And then we're going to preview the week. You know, well, yeah, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's ECHL, it's junior hockey. It's just, um, might not be the thing you necessarily think of when you hear the word Jersey foul, but it's it's a different version of Jersey fouls. And uh, then we're going to preview what's uh, upcoming this week. Well, I don't even think we have time for the. Sorry, Kathy. We don't. I don't think we have um, Kathy. Of course, our one of our loyal listeners, uh, time for a national day calendar. And, and on the national day calendar today are two items that are critical, critical for, well, really everyone. Really? Well, then we mm-hmm. have to make time for it. Very quickly. It's national okay. app day. Hmm. So could, could we do away the, with... <laughs> Could we just trash all apps and go back to the days where, like, we, you know, just didn't have them? <laughs> Is that I, how I'm not supposed to I think, celebrate I think we should, Lap Day? I think we should all just read one time, one time. Read what you're giving away when you when you sign up for an app. Well, that's true. Just read once. the terms of agreement what you agree for them to view on your phone, like everything. Yeah. I don't like it. So maybe you'll, you'll like better uh, the other um, national day that is celebrated (laughs) on December 11th. And that is national noodle ring day. Noodle ring day. Yes. You remember? No, I haven't. 
I haven't seen this for a long time, but the, the Lipton uh, chicken little soup. Okay. The, um, oh, the soup, little, you know. the little circle. Ones. And yeah. Yeah. You could get one of the options was to get the rings was to get the, the noodle rings. Huh? Noodle rings. So, <laughs> who knew? Did that? you, did you bring any for sampling? No, no, I didn't. Hmm. I did not. I'm gonna, now I'm gonna have. Can you get Can you get it in the U.S.? Can you get? I Lipton? think so. I don't even know. Yeah. We yeah. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah, we have those things. And I think we have the noodle ones. I'm gonna have to look at the grocery store now. And I'm National gonna taste it, and I'm probably gonna hate it, but I'm gonna have to eat it now. Mm-hmm. It says on the on the National Day calendar. It says. Um, Within our research, we were unable to locate the creator or origin of National Noodle Ring Day. <laughs> so it just, <laughs> just dropped the It was just so popular on that particular day yeah. that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, grocery stores worldwide just sold out of it on December 11th. And they just, they just deemed it National yeah. Lipton Noodle Ring Day. Something like that. All right. All right. Well, I think I think I'm not going to have a brilliant segue. I've tried really hard for a second, <laughs> a second there. And I know well, we'll just, I was, there you go, Kathy. We 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 slipped it in, and and um, and so make her week anyway. That's right. That's right. Um, we are going to transition though to some hockey and. Um, yeah, it was a uh, it was an interesting weekend for the Laval Rocket yet again. Um, we had talked about last week how how things did not go well. Um, again, during their homestand, they eked out a, a very close victory over the Belleville Senators and then dropped their next two uh, after that. And so they had it. They had a week off um, from from playing games. Um, they played that Saturday afternoon and didn't play again until they played in Belleville on Friday night this past weekend and then traveled to Toronto for an afternoon and four o'clock game uh, against the Marlies. And let's see, Friday night in Belleville, you know, things, things were looking like, Hey, maybe things are going to turn around this game. Maybe. Um, there was some little bit of excitement in the media and fan base and so forth because a new PTO had been signed uh, the week prior, which we talked about Simone Dupre. And so it was uh, much talked about that he was going to be making his uh, Laval Rocket debut. Um, and they came out um, pretty energetic in Belleville, managed to get uh, the first goal on the, on the board just about four and a half minutes into the game, Jake Evans with his seventh of the year, um, assisted by Nikita Yevpolovs and Captain Byron Fraze. And so, and and not to mention, they outshot Belleville in that period, nine to two, held Belleville to, to just two uh, goals. Unfortunately, or two shots, I should say. Unfortunately, one of those shots did go in. Um, and it was actually Etienne Marcoux who was starting in net. Um, not 
quite sure why McNiven wasn't the starter. Uh, Lindgren was was out with an injury, um, and so just wasn't feeling just, it. Yeah, yeah, maybe he just wasn't feeling it. So Etienne Marcou got got the start, perhaps just to see, since they haven't seen him uh, in in game action this year. He's been down uh, in the ECHL, so they started him against Belleville. So one of the two shots against in in that first period did go in. Um, and then the second period started, and five more goals went in to Laval's net, so that made six unanswered goals, one in the first period, five in the second period. Etienne Marcoux was pulled after the third one, uh, which meant Michael McNiven had to come in. And then since it was so bad by the end of the second period, they were down six to one, that to start the third period, uh, Etienne Marcoux was back in the crease to save McNiven's energy uh, for his scheduled start against Toronto the next day. Um, and Nikita Yevplovs was able to put one more in, in the, in the back of Belleville's net, but um, Logan Brown turned around and negated that uh, just a little, just a couple of minutes later. So final score in that game was seven to two, uh, whopping 0 for three on the Laval power play. And um, Belleville went two for two on their power play. So, Basically, about as much of a meltdown. I feel like that's. I feel like a broken record. I feel like we've had a number of games here this past month where we've said it was it was not a good look on on Friday against Bellevue, who was who who was only at the time sitting two points ahead of um, Laval in the at the bottom of the standings. Was there there somebody near the beginning of the season that was complaining about Charlie Lindgren? I mean. <laughs> Mm. Um, th- this game was, was a complete meltdown. Um, Mark who, uh, didn't look very good at all, giving up, uh, three goals on four shots, um, to start, uh, you know, the, the save percentage, his was to end the game was 667. Uh, McNiven's was 500. Um, it was terrible. Um, mm-hmm. but there were some, you know, there wasn't some great play in front of him either. Um, the whole, it, it was a train wreck that t- Simone Dupre looked terrible, like just terrible, uh, much as he did in, in the preseason in training camp, um, a disaster in his own zone. There was a two on one, which, um, you just don't see at the pro level. Um, you know, Simone Dupre looking absolutely baffled watching his head went down, watch the puck go between his legs uh looked <laughs> quite surprised about the whole thing he was uh. awful um it it as you said special teams um Belleville certainly won that battle easily um mm. Yevplov uh Jake Evans uh, you know getting his goal Yevplov getting his Yevplov that was rather odd and random uh the Yevpilov the Laval Rocket the Yevpilov jersey at the United Center for the Canadians uh Blackhawks game yeah um, that, <laughs> that was a lot I was just um, like was that a Nikita Yevpilov's jersey that I just saw um <laughs> but this game was yeah it it's um it's not one that uh that 
uh, the Isle Rocket want to uh, linger on, it it was uh, a poor showing all around. Absolutely. And so they turn around the next day and they head to Toronto, um, which, you know, that's that's granted, it's never easy playing the Senators. That's a division rival just down the road kind of thing. But Toronto is a is a bitter rival as well. And you're you know, you're traveling. It's a short turnaround because it's an afternoon game. Um, And so this one, I was surprised. Uh, There was a lot of energy. Uh, which was, again, that happened at the beginning of the Belleville game, but it was kind of, and and they came out and they had a good first period. Laval scored twice, uh, Jake Evans with his eighth, Alex Belzale with his fourth of the year, uh, and Jeremy Bronco scored one for Toronto uh, with Michael McNiven in that. So uh, at, the, at the end of the first period, Laval's leading, two to one. And I remember even tweeting, I really hope this second period today doesn't go like the second period did yesterday (laughs) Um, because it was kind of the same scenario again. What's, what's going to happen. Um, Laval only then put up four shots on goal in the second period and four shots on goal in the third period, Um, which was a little concerning. Um, they, they're they usually out shooting their opponents this year. So to not be able to generate shots on goal was a, was a bit concerning. But that Jake Evans goal at the end of the first period was a power play goal. Um, and then uh, towards, the, towards the middle of the second period, um, Trevor Moore got a power play goal of his own. There were some, there were some bad penalties happening uh, where, again, they were finding that the penalty kill for Laval – wasn't coming through for them. And then uh, it looked like it looked like Laval was actually going to pull this out. They were, they were leading um, three to two. Uh, There was a minute and I want to say 16 seconds or something like that left in the game. They, they just had to hang on. They were up by one goal and Simone to takes a nasty little high sticking penalty with a, uh, with just, sorry, t- uh, two minutes and 15 seconds left in regulation. And you kind of hear like the inward groan of, oh no. And sure enough, uh, Jer- uh, Chris Mueller comes out uh, and scores a power play goal on the ensuing power play and ties it up and forces overtime. Um, somehow, luckily for Laval, Jordan Subban managed to get called for a cross-checking penalty in the extra minutes. And there was Simone Dupre with a big fat shot on the point on the power play to win it in overtime for Laval. Um, <laughs> and Rick, you know, okay, great. Uh, they got a win. Fantastic. They, they, you know, they got a win, but it wasn't pretty. Um, and sure, there was there was plenty of congratulations on on Dupre being the OT winner, and and yeah, he's got a he's got a big shot on the point, um, and so kudos to him for, and the fact that they were able to score two power play goals um, in this game was was an improvement. But quite frankly, if he hadn't taken that penalty at the end of the third period, they wouldn't have had the overtime situation to begin with. So I'm a little split on that one. Yeah, he's very fortunate to have uh, been on the ice at all in overtime. 
given the the ill time penalty that he took uh, that that allowed uh, the Marlies to get back into the game, um, and and again a dumb penalty in 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 overtime, Subban, uh, and and this time um, the uh, the Rocket can uh, you know connected on the on the power play. Um, Toronto can't keep the puck out of the net. That's that's uh, that's been their problem all year, goaltending, and um, and so the Rocket took advantage. Um, Simone Dupre, uh, you know, uh, maybe maybe there will be some um, ink spent on on praising him, um, uh, you know, for that goal. Um, he was terrible defensively in the game. Uh, he made a bad decision, um, and. And again, it's kind of uh, almost an Eric Jelena kind of situation where last year um, Jelena was a one-trick pony with his his uh, big shot from the point, but uh, not good in his own end. Um, and and he also uh, uh, took some bad penalties from time to time. So, uh, and it's interesting that that the two players have just switched places with. Um, <laughs> Simone Dupre uh, playing last season in the KHL in Bratislava. Uh, mm-hmm. Now uh, he was offered a, uh, a contract at, uh, at the beginning of the season and, and chose to take two months to mull it over, I guess. Um, and, yeah, and I don't, he's been that, that's weird. Inserted in the lineup now and, and Eric Jelena is playing uh, in the KHL for Bratislava this season. Oh, okay. Well, that's handy. That's convenient. <laughs> well, you know, as I say, you know, just kind of like I said with with my with my small moral victory uh, in in the All Habs League, uh, All Habs Three Fantasy Football League this week. Um, I, you know, I'm sure that it was a relief to get a win uh, after after a, a three game losing streak uh, had had started, but. I'm still just not seeing, I mean, the power play is still not consistent. The penalty kill has not been good at all. Um, And in both of those games, they struggled this time to even get shots on goal, which has not been a problem up to this point. Um, And they've got three games coming up this week, and we're going to talk about uh, how some injuries could potentially affect that. So Rick, it's, it's one of those things where, Yes, you you want the you're you're they're, you're pleased for the win, but it's it's the way you're getting the win that you know you can't overlook that really. Um, and it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Joel Bouchard does does with that this week, and and what he does with with players and positioning and and heck, who even yeah, gets to start in that? It's. Um... You know they they were in Toronto. They were outshot uh, nineteen to eight in, in the uh, final two periods, uh, leaving overtime out of it. But but the second and third, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know this wasn't after having a week off of practice and whatnot. This wasn't a difficult road trip going to uh, Belleville and then Toronto. Um, no, not difficult at all. Um, and um, you know having. Uh, what should be three 
uh, potential NHL or, or three um, NHL defensemen in your lineup who, who have that experience. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not an issue necessarily of personnel and, and to be as poor as they are 30th in the league on the power play 27th in the league on the penalty kill bottom of the league um, tied with San Antonio when it comes to winning percentage just two wins in their last 10 games um, and, and uh, can't score goals 28th in the league in, in goal scoring. It's, it's um, there's something, there's something wrong. And um, um, I, I, it, it, you know, it, it isn't just a a poor start. It's, it's something um, systemically wrong with this team uh, because we're, we're well into December now and the issues that we, pointed out in October are still hanging around. Right. And, and the longer this team, as you say, it is, we're well into December. This team should be well on its way to have been producing and coming up with its chemistry. As we've heard so many times that, you know, these players are from all over the place and there was a lot of roster turnover, but that's, you know, you can't, you can't fall back on that anymore. These players have played with each other for the most part for, uh, for the entire season. Um, you got to start finding ways to make to make things happen, and the wins that you're getting, as you say, they've only won two of their last ten. Both of those wins were kind of like just barely wins, um, so it's a little concerning. Um, in addition to that, we did say that they they have a busy schedule this week. They have three games that they're playing this week, um, and there's been. Some movement. Uh, I think part of it is perhaps uh, player performance or consistency. Some of it is injury replacement. Um, before we get to that, however, like actual transactions and, and so forth, I guess we should start, Rick, with, you know, last week we talked about Simone Dupre coming on as a PTO signing. And then the news hit uh, late last week that um, with Noah Jolson getting healthy and coming back into the lineup, um, yet another defense, yet another player was placed on waivers from Montreal. Uh, Xavier Ouellette placed on waivers and then cleared, uh, and so has reported to Laval now, and I imagine will be in the lineup this week. So you you were just saying, you know, a number of NHL caliber defensemen. I mean, it's getting it's getting to the point where uh, the other 30 head coaches in the league are going to be looking at Laval's blue line and saying, could I have some of your NHL skill back there, please? (laughs) Maybe, or maybe not. Maybe um, uh, because you look at it the other way and how many spots for this is a a league that is supposed to be about development and um, how Hmm. many spots in Laval are dedicated to uh, on defense or dedicated to development. Um, Some, I think some who don't particularly understand the AHL would argue that Mets is there for development. He isn't. We, we, we talked about that last week and, and uh, the pretty open shut case. So if, um, if four year blue line spots are tied up uh, with uh, uh, players who are not there for development, uh, you only have two left. Um, And that's, that's just, that's just simply not enough. One of those is, is uh, going to go to Kale Fleury um, when, when healthy. And, and 
my goodness, then you have you have uh, a number of of defensemen that that you should be bringing along, particularly uh, Maratchik, Brett Learnout, uh, Learnout. Uh, th- those Sklenichka and, and Moravchik, I mean, those are the ones where we don't we don't quite know what's there yet. We've seen flashes of potential, but they're still learning the uh, North American game. That takes a, a great deal of time, uh, as we saw with Urabic. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't until uh, d- December that he started becoming uh, comfort- comfortable, and then because of his contract, needed to be called up. Um, uh, to Montreal. So, um, uh, yeah, it's, th- th- there's very few spots. And as you said, that, that has, uh, forced the hand and, and, and caused some, um, player moves, uh, one way or the other, um, right now. Well, two, uh, two defensemen, uh, actually three defensemen have been sent down to the ECHL this week. Adam Plant, Ryan Culkin, and Michael Moravchik all sent down. Uh, Plant and Culkin headed to the Maine Mariners and Moravchik to the Brampton Beast. Um, Plant, I have to say, Rick, I, I'm not, uh, not going to shed a tear on that. Uh, more of a defensive liability than anything when he was on the ice. Uh, didn't get to really see enough of Ryan Culkin. And Moravchik, I think, you know, as you just got done saying, Sklenichka and, and Moravchik are adapting to the North American game. It's a it's a work in progress. Um, and and yes, Sklenichka has at times looked stronger than Moravchik, but um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a shame that he has to go down to the ECHL to continue learning the North American game. Um, it's it's just going to make it may make that adjustment period. Longer, Hopefully especially especially when um, the Montreal Canadiens do not have uh, an ECHL affiliate. Um, mm-hmm. This is not a situation like the Leafs, where it's uh, you know using the 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 jargon from from baseball, where it's a AAA and a AA kind of affiliate um, with the Marlies and the Growlers, um, where where the the franchise operates everything. They, they've, they've put a coach in uh, for the Marlies. They've done the same thing in St. John's. That's not the case uh, for the Canadians. They chose to go without an ECHL affiliate this year. So they're, they're spread all over. Um, I'm sure there's some conversation going on because of the personal relationships where they've been placed, but Mm -hmm. nothing beyond that. There's, there's, they're not part of a system that's, um, you know, where the Growlers may play a similar system to the, um, uh, to the Marlies. Uh, certainly they, they, they're not going to do that in, in Maine and Brampton and, and all these other places um, where, where uh, the Canadians are forced to loan these players uh, to the ECHL. So there isn't, there isn't the kind of development that you'd, you'd hope um, for players like, uh, Moravchik and Sklenichka to really see what they can do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, the, the Laval Rocket actually also got a player back from Maine. Uh, Morgan Adams Moisan was recalled yesterday, uh, as was Felix Martineau recalled again from the Fort Wayne Comet. So they come back. Um, <laughs> so, you know. It, they seem to be getting, you know, defensive. We, we've said this over and over again. Defense and goaltending haven't been, well, 
goaltending until now, uh, haven't been the issue this season, particularly defensively. This team, uh, what I'm hearing from, you know, a lot of the uh, opposing team broadcasters is a smothering defense. That That's the word that's getting around is that the defense doesn't let you do much um, for Laval. And okay, that's a good thing. Um, where they really need help is, is shooting and, and their offensive production. Um, Martino and Adams Moisan, bless their hearts. I, I don't know how much of that they're going to be bringing to the table. Um, perhaps there's a PTO pickup out there somewhere uh, that can give them a little help. I, I, I don't know. Um, but there are some injuries. So uh, one of them had to come up uh, to at least take over uh, an injury spot, which uh, we can say Kale Fleur, I know you mentioned Kale Fleur is going to be back in the lineup soon. It is, it is rumored right now. Nobody's given, of, of course, they're pretty, uh, keep things pretty tight to the chest um, on, on injury status and so forth. But uh, it's been said that Kale Fleury could potentially be back uh, in the lineup this week. Uh, he was, skating last weekend with the team. I, um, I believe he, he may have even gone on the road trip last week just, just to be there for uh, skates and practices and so forth. So Kale Flory could be back this week. As you mentioned, Rick, that's going to make things really tight on the blue line. Uh, if you have Willette, Dupre, Meta, and Alsner, Lernout and Flurry are probably your two other defensemen at, at this point. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what the pairings look like uh, for that. Um, Lucas Vedemo was uh, sustained an injury in the game on Friday night against Belleville. He actually did not play on Saturday in Toronto. Michael Pizzetta drew into the lineup in his place, uh, so he is out. Current they haven't said much on him, but currently day to day, but apparently long enough that they felt that they needed to call up um, a couple of forwards from the ECHL. The one we should really talk about, uh, Rick, is Charlie Lindgren's injury. Uh, did not go on the road trip. Uh, there was a point towards the end of uh, the last home game the week prior um, that he looked a little slow getting up after making kind of an awkward save, uh, but finished mm-hmm. the game okay, um, and nothing was really said about it. The week goes by, and then they go to leave for the road trip last Friday and it's announced, Oh, Charlie Lindgren's not going on the road trip. He has a lower body injury. He needs to stay behind for testing. Uh, and now this week, uh, Rene Lavoie says uh, that Charlie Lindgren will not play at all this week. He needs to undergo further testing for this undisclosed lower body injury. So hoping this isn't going to be a long-term thing, um, but at least for the short term with three games this week, there's still, they're left with the McNiven Marku tandem, um, which, which struggled to say the least a bit over this past weekend. And uh, you got to feel bad a little bit for uh, Michael McNiven, um, who, you know, we saw in the OHL when he got on a roll, he, he was a very tough goaltender to beat. And, um, but this season really hasn't had an opportunity to, to get any kind of rhythm to his game. Um, his, his starts have been few and far between. Um, as, as we've said before on this show that Charlie Lindgren, one of the most, um, you know, he, he, he got a really heavy workload, 
Um, and, and one of the busiest goaltenders in the AHL, uh, he was, mm-hmm. uh, before his injury up, uh, at the top in terms of minutes played. Uh, and, and, you know, we don't know if, if, uh, that contributed to, uh, the injury that he sustained. And, uh, but we do know that, that the lack of playing time has hurt, uh, Michael McNiven and, um, he's going to get playing time now, but at a, at a time when, uh, perhaps his confidence isn't at a particularly um, uh, high level, um, having having sat so much um, through the beginning part of the season. That's true. Fortunately, he was the one in net uh, for that overtime victory on on Saturday, and he looked he looked uh, pretty pretty decent in in the crease on Saturday. So hopefully, he can take that take that win and and use that and and build on it. Um, It'll be interesting to see with three games this week. Uh, one would imagine that it would be McNiven, Marku, McNiven. Uh, <laughs> but if history has told us anything, Rick, it's that uh, we, we don't ever really know. So mm-hmm. we'll, uh, we'll kind of keep an eye on that to see to see how that's going to go. They're playing Belleville and Syracuse this week. Uh, so Belleville again after they just got – that was the really bad game on Friday night and Syracuse two games against Syracuse, which always physical, always really tough. And Syracuse is um, sitting third overall in the North division right now. Um, so they're, they're not, they're not doing too bad. As, and I think third over uh, no, the seventh overall for the conference. So not an easy week uh, for, for these two goaltenders and uh kind of throwing them right into the fire there. Um, before we, uh, before we take a quick break, I uh, do want to just touch a little bit on Nikita Sherback's debut with the LA Kings, Rick. Um, you know, there was, we talked a lot last week about plenty of hullabaloo that was going on with uh, him getting picked up on, on waivers and, the whole scenario around that and the narratives that were being churned out on, on social media and in the mainstream media. Um, and it was, it was kind of refreshing to watch the LA Kings feed of, uh, um, of the game on Saturday afternoon. Um, I should also mention uh, that folks want to find uh, the LA Kings uh, podcast is called all, all the Kings men. You can find it on the LA Kings website. And, and my fantastic co-host Rick Stevens was a guest on all the Kings men uh, last week to talk about Nikita Sherback and his upside and his skill and talent and what fans in LA can expect from this young man. It was very well received. So you want to make sure that you, uh, I believe um, you've retweeted it at all Habs on Twitter, uh, Rick, that, people can find it there and yeah. um yes okay that's good so go f- uh, find at all habs on twitter and you'll find on his timeline where he has retweeted the link to that um so it's it's been nice rick to it was it was refreshing like there was all the doom and gloom in montreal about nikita sherback my goodness it couldn't have been more opposite on in in sunny california could it no, it couldn't. And, um, 
it, it, it really sad uh, the 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 commentary that certainly social media went went way overboard, uh, but also from the Montreal media and and uh, uh, just trashing Nikita Sherback in particular were the comments of Renaud Lavoie who mm-hmm. um, you know uh, self promoted him. Uh, his own uh, uh, quote saying that uh, um, from TBS Sports that uh, Nikita Sherback was definitely not an NHL player and maybe not even an AHL player, and that he told to uh, Kings President Luke Robitaille. Uh, and nice. and so you know Kings uh, when when I appeared on the the podcast there there's a player that they're getting for free they they don't understand. Uh, his situation. So uh, when I provided a, a bit of a scouting report, they were pleasantly surprised and uh, and excitedly looking forward to uh, Sherback making his debut. All the things about took a while for him to get through the the work visa process, um, mm-hmm. and uh, all the things that uh, Willie Desjardins, the, the interim head coach, was saying uh, about uh, Sherback's. Uh, performance in practice uh rob blake uh G- gm calling him uh you know potential power forward um talking very in glowing terms about his skating about uh his release his shooting his his rugged ability to play in traffic and protect the puck and all those kinds of good things that you want to see from a young 22 year old um you know were completely opposite to to what uh canadians fans were uh, we're saying, um, and then the game came along um, against the Vegas Golden Knights, and uh, he went out and and uh, um, showed what he could do. He absolutely did. It was almost like he knew that they were really pumping his tires before the game, and <laughs> uh, because they were very complimentary, as you said. In fact, we have some audio clips uh, in case. Montreal fans were not able to hear the LA Kings broadcast. Just a couple of clips of what was being said by team broadcasters on the air pregame, right before uh, Nikita Sherback went out and scored his first NHL goal this season in his first regular season NHL game. The biggest key for him will be the mental part of the game because he was not playing a lot in Montreal. So the confidence was shaken. He's got to build that confidence back up. I think the skill part of his game is obvious. The skate, the shoot. He told me, he says he wants to be a playmaker. He likes to be a playmaker. And then in the same sentence, he says, I have a real good shot. So you got to put those things together. You can tell a first-rounder when he steps on the ice. And with, with this guy, with Nikita, I could tell right away he was a first-rounder. The way he was skating out there, snapping the puck, he's got a heck of a release. So I'm really, really excited to see this guy yeah. play. Hopefully it translates from practice into a game because I love what I saw watching him in practice. I know Rob Blake used the term power forward. He might fit that type of thing. You have to have a combination of that skill and the skating with a little bit of physicality, maybe a little bit of size. Just watching him skate, he reminds me of Alexander Golchenyuk who's now with the Coyotes, just has that, you know, you can see he has the skill, but maybe just a little bit of that grind. You get both of those things working together at the same time, you'll have a solid player. Like, you'll want to jump for joy, right? I mean, (laughs) um, you mentioned a lot of, you know, you mentioned the comments from Rob Blake. I I also want to point out, you have been, since I think the first time you you watched Nikita Sherbag play in person way back in the year that he was drafted, you have always commented on his release. Um, And so I was happy to hear 
I was happy to hear that they have picked up on that in, in his practice sessions as well. Well, that's right, because uh, coming out of junior, he was thought mostly of a, as a playmaker. Um, but I, I think that undersold uh, his, his, uh, his shot, his release, his, his ability to score goals. And um, um, we saw that on, on that very first uh, eight minutes into the, to the game. Um, Sherback uh, carried the puck into the zone um, and, uh, and used the defenseman um, as, a, as a screen, uh, fired it through his uh, legs and picked the corner past, uh, past Fleury. Uh, great shot, great release. Certainly um, uh, surprised uh, uh, Flurry, and, and uh, took him just eight minutes to to uh, of NHL play to get his first goal this season. Kind of makes you wonder what might have happened if he had been given that level of uh, confidence uh, in Montreal, given some ice time in Montreal. And hey, he was playing on the third line, not dumped on the fourth line. He was playing on the third line uh, with a guy who you picked out on the All the Kings Men podcast as someone who he would be good if he were put on the line with. And sure enough, he ended up playing with him, correct? <laughs> they made me look very good because I said uh, that I thought that Adrian Kempe would be a, a good match for um, uh, Sherback's skill. Uh, that's where he ended up lying, uh, lining up. With Kempe and, and Tyler Toffoli, and and the three were uh, the 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 that line was very good all day long uh, in that game. Um, Sherback uh, was physical as well, uh, and in f- fact, he was uh, he was a little overly physical, and well, and yeah, found himself, <laughs> uh, he finished uh, found himself in the in the penalty box, but uh, he had a very good game, um, and uh, you know, for a player who hadn't played. Other than the conditioning stint, hadn't played for two months. He looked uh, 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 very, very good. Yes, he did. We wish him all the best out there in L.A. Hopefully he'll have lots more uh, good news uh, to be celebrating like that on the ice. With that, we are going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, So don't you go out anywhere. When we come back, we're going to talk about – you know, things that are going on in the Flyers organization and the Phantoms organization. Of course, that means we're going to talk about goaltending. We just got done talking about some goaltending issues that are uh, plaguing Laval right now due to injuries. Well, the Flyers have have had a never-ending reign of goaltending issues, and it continues now even after some management shakeups. So don't go anywhere. On the other side of this break, we'll be right back with more right here on From the Press Box. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, 
and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Now, Rick, I'm sure it would come to no surprise to you or anyone if we talked about, if, if we said, hey, did you hear that the Flyers are having some issues in the net? That no. probably wouldn't be. No, probably wouldn't be <laughs> very surprising, be right? Surprise at all. You just <laughs> nod your head and yeah, 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 yeah. It's well, let me tell you. For... Yeah, it's it's not been it's not been an easy run of things for them this season as well. Uh, injuries have just it's been goaltender roulette uh, between the Phantoms and and the and the Flyers with call ups and send downs and recalls and you name it. Um, but everyone, of course, most most folks who who are in the know with hockey know that uh, there have been some coach firings uh, and some 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 management shakeups across the league here in the last uh, month or so, uh, as as teams are not performing right out of the gate the way they're expected to. Kind of short leash syndrome uh, on full display around the league. Um, but plenty of folks were certainly surprised when it was not Dave Haxtell finding his way ushered out the door, but it was Ron Hextall, the Flyers general manager, former general manager now, uh, who was fired by Paul Holmgren. And um, they, of course, now have replaced him with with Chuck Fletcher and a new assistant coach has has been brought on. Allegedly, Haxtell is going to stay on for the time being. Um, But Rick, that was just a, I think, well, and I think Hextall even said in his own press conference a couple of days later that it caught him certainly uh, by complete surprise. Um, quite a shakeup there for the Flyers. Uh, that's right. And, and um, we were all, I was certainly um, uh, surprised. I don't follow Flyers as closely as you do, but, um, and, and no, as, as, uh, you know, any Canadians fan, there's not a lot of love for uh, Ron Hextall, given the way he was as a player. Uh, but certainly you have to tip the cap and respect what he's done with the Flyers organization. Um, you know, it was Paul Holmgren left, uh, left some pretty big holes. He, he made some um, swing for the fences kind of trades that, uh, that some were successful, some flopped miserably. The, the, uh, farm system was horribly depleted. Uh, Hextall came in with a plan and, and uh, a lot of patience. And you have to say that uh, all of that's been very uh, successful. Um, his rebuilding uh, of the, the farm team, the drafting has been uh, very, very good. Um, it's just, uh, it, it hasn't translated on the ice. And, and it seems that uh, maybe not so much Paul Holmgren, but certainly the uh, the folks above uh, from Comcast weren't ready to be patient anymore. Uh, wanted some things to be done immediately, and and uh, and uh, perhaps Hextall was uh, you know rather protective of his uh, the coach that he brought on in Hextall, um, and instead it was it was Hextall that was shown who was shown the door. Interestingly enough, you know, a lot of times when that happens, uh, you know, teams, players tend to take that very personally when there's when there's a firing, whether it's behind the bench or or the GM. Um, And you usually see a a bit of a surge then uh, in response, at least you hope to. Uh, 
but it has continued to be ugly for the Flyers, including uh, your Jets gave them an absolute drubbing the other night. Uh, was it seven to one, seven to two, something like that? Um, not not a pretty outing. Um, and part of it goes back to the goaltending situation. I mean, there's there's plenty of issues in the parent club, you know, things that they need to work on. But when you think about the number of goaltenders they've gone through this year and what that's meant at the AHL level as well, um, you know, with we we mentioned this at the beginning of the season that like Laval started with three goaltenders, so did Lehigh Valley, except Lehigh Valley kept their three goaltenders. Uh, that's Carter Hart, uh, Alex Lyon, Anthony Stolarz. Stolarz, who has basically the seniority on the other two, has only played in three AHL games so far this season. And much of the time, once Alex Lyon, uh, he had a he had a he was out for a little bit with with an injury. Uh, once he came back in, Stolarz found himself in the press box more more nights than not, um, not getting a ton of ice time. Like I said, three games played in the AHL this season as opposed to Carter Hart's 15 games and Alex Lyon's seven games. Now, Lyon was called up for a little while. Anthony Stolarz was called up for a little while. Then he came back down. But now with the constant injuries happening at the NHL level, Stolarz, having not played very much this season, now finds himself as the backup at the Flyers level. And it's just, um, you know, it's, I don't know what your thoughts are, but it's, you know, the, the Phantoms have, have done okay. You know, Carter Hart's had eight wins, four losses. Uh, Lions struggled a little bit more, three wins and four losses there. Um, so it looks like they're trying to get some consistency, at least at the AHL level with the goaltending. But constantly all of that change back and forth between, between the parent club and, and, the, and the farm team, especially at the goaltending position, um, can't be an easy adjustment to keep making for goaltenders that are trying to find, kind of get a feel for their season. It seemed to me that um, the plan going into the season was to hand the uh, Flyers gold to Brian Elliott. There's injury problems there. The plan at the AHL level uh, with the Phantoms was to give it to Carter Hart. Uh, he got, um, as you said, the majority of the starts, and, and uh, Stolarz was, was kind of uh, left on the sidelines. Um, so it's been... Yeah, it's with the, the combination of injuries, uh, um, uh, as you said, Neuverth looked in, in both games uh, that he's played, but the, the one most recently against uh, the Jets uh, didn't look good at all. Um, you know, a save percentage of 700 or thereabouts uh, at the moment. Um, Brian Elliott, I guess, has 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 had the, the, the best um, um, – record so far uh but even he's been shaky and and Stolarz got uh you know vaulted up and has played six games uh for the Flyers. Carter Hart has been, you know, by his own admission, he's he's getting used to uh pro hockey. He, he as he said, he 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 needs to focus for 60 minutes and he's he's not had an easy time doing that. Um and um you know, if if that was that was one of the the uh, breaking points uh, with respect to uh, Hextall, I agree with with uh, the decision to keep Carter Hart. 
with the Phantoms because he just hasn't shown that he can consistently um, be successful at the AHL level, and, and you wouldn't want to get your prize prospect being lit up uh, at the NHL level. And that was the, that's right. the right kind of patient decision, um, although you know it doesn't seem like some were, were willing to um, wait. They want results now. And when you have, um, you know, a, a highly touted prospect like Hart, they want to see what he can do now. That, for those that, you know, don't understand hockey and developing prospects, um, you know, I, I personally, I think that would have been a big, big mistake. I agree with you there. And I think, you know, we've, we've talked before about, um, you know, rushing young guys. Every, everyone, when, when you get a glimpse of, of the future, when you get a glimpse of a guy that you've got coming down the pipeline, got all the makings of, of a, of a really stellar player, naturally fans want to see them in a lineup right away. Um, but many times I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I don't like qualifying it with most of the time because every player is different, but many, many times it is wiser to let them get their minor league, um, experience under their belt before throwing them into the limelight. Um, I know you, you, you talked about that a great deal with Victor Meta last year, um, keeping him on the NHL roster for, for the season. Um, and, and, and now he finds himself in Laval for who knows how long. Um, and so I, I, I would concur with you there as well, that it's, it's a wise decision that they have not put Carter Hart in that position um, because I don't think that it would be, I don't think it would be a good experience for him. I think he needs to likely live out the majority of the season, if not all of the season uh, at the AHL level. So it will be interesting to see Chuck Fletcher. As I said, Chuck Fletcher says that Dave Haxall is staying put for now, um, that he wants to try to get things working. Um, we'll see what that means for, for the, the guys in the Phantoms. We should mention uh, Phil Veroni uh, did get his, get it. He got a call up um, this week as well. So he was able to make his debut. Uh, so congratulations to him for that. Um, and hopefully the Flyers will f- sort things out as well as the, the goaltending saga how long, how many years has it been that there's been a goaltending saga in Philly? <laughs> Since I don't, I don't even know when um, <laughs> there was stable goaltending. I, I don't, I don't, I don't. Well, naturally. It's Marty interesting Bro- though, in the, in just an outsider's point of view for, um, you know, if, if the management or, or ownership, I guess um, more correctly, if ownership wants take charge, do it now, uh, kind of guy. Um, I'm surprised they went for a Melba toast kind of GM in, in, in Chuck Fletcher, um, mm-hmm. you know, who was just kind of a, take it, take it as, as you take it in Minnesota. And, and um, I don't know I, I, there were, if they were wanting someone to make a big splash, I think there were, there were other choices available. Well, I think the next uh, potential splash to be made will will come at least probably next season. Who knows if if things keep going down this path, maybe this season, and that will be who they bring in as the next head coach. Um, And that could be a big splash. Joel Quinville. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Imagine the fire in Philadelphia if Joel Quenville was behind the bench, folks. Whew. Him and Gritty, come on. It's a duo you couldn't you couldn't deny that duo. All right, we're going to take another quick break here. Don't go anyway. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, just some uh, things happening around the league as player of the week. Uh, quickly run over a couple of suspensions. We're going to talk about some jersey fouls and then preview the week ahead. So don't anywhere. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report. And watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel, at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Well, Rick, before we get to the CCM AHL Player of the Week this week, I have a teeny, tiny, itty-bitty, Mini, where are they now? Oh, okay. I know. Well, it's just because there was a transaction that took place this week. So it's my mm-hmm. way of making making it sound a little more exciting. Adam Cracknell, we talk about him a lot. Uh, great uh, leader in the room last year for Laval uh, when, when the trade was made for him, as well as a, a great scoring threat for the team. Uh, signed over the summer with the Toronto Maple uh, with with the Marlies um, and and the Maple Leafs and he actually got traded this week. He is off to the Anaheim Ducks uh, in exchange for defenseman Steve Alexi um, and also goaltender Jeff Glass uh, was traded from the Marlies for future considerations. So Cracknell and Glass in exchange for Steve Alexi and future considerations. So he's off to the West and Coast. Cra- and Cracknell uh, reunited with uh, assistant coach Sylvain Lefebvre. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might think that uh, that coach Lefebvre had, um, you know, maybe maybe had a had a word in there that um, when you're looking for leadership, you're looking for goals, you're you're looking for um, someone to steady a roster. Uh, that would be Adam Cracknell. Um, Absolutely. It's interesting that that the 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 Marlies give up uh, Jeff Glass. He 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 wasn't having a good season, but um, goaltending has been their their issue, and and now they're left with. Um, uh, well, I I don't know that uh, Casimir Cascu. Um, he, he he was in the other night. Um, 
against Lavelle, and uh, they brought up a goaltender from um, the Growlers uh, from the ECHL. Actually, most of his uh, uh, recent career has been in um, the ECHL, and that's Eamon McAdam um, Mm -hmm. from a a Pennsylvania uh, goaltender. Um, Oh, yeah? Percasey? Is that a is that a Percasey? Per- wow, Percasey. He's well. That's actually relatively uh, close by. Uh, I would say that's probably within a forty-five minute drive of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, so a Philadelphia suburb. So that is the goaltending tandem uh, right now for the the Toronto Marlies. Huh. Well, that is that is. We'll see. We'll see if the young man can help them out a little bit <laughs> there in the grease. But uh, congratulations, uh, or best of luck, we should say to Adam Cracknell, uh, and and good that he'll at least um, have some familiarity with coaching staff when he arrives in San Diego. Um, the CCM AHL Player of the Week uh, is a member of the Charlotte Checkers. It's forward Martin Nikash, um, and had. Assists on seven Charlotte Checkers goals in two games um, on the road. Uh, He tied a franchise record on Friday with four assists uh, as they came back to beat Hartford seven to four. And then on Saturday, he set up three more goals, including the OT winner. Uh, Again, coming back from being two goals down in the final minute of regulation to to defeat Springfield Thunderbirds five to four. So um, quite the playmaker last week uh, was Mr. Nate Cash. So he is the CCM AHL player of the week. Hmm. But there was a lot of, there was a lot of bad blood this week, Rick. There was a lot of bad blood. You know, there was one suspension that got handed out on December 7th. Kyle, Kyle Rao, who's a forward for the Iowa wild two game suspension for elbowing. And okay. It's, Quiet week for suspensions. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Today, it was announced that Phantoms forward David Kasha suspended for two games for an illegal check to the head. Stockton Heat defenseman Josh Healy suspended three games for an elbowing incident. Rochester Americans forward Dalton Smith suspended for one game for boarding. Hershey Bears forward Beck Malinston suspended for two games for an illegal check to the head. Binghamton Devils forward Ryan Schmelzer suspended for two games for an illegal check to the head. And Binghamton Devils forward Eric Tangrady suspended for one game for a boarding incident. That was all today. Mm. <laughs> I think things are starting to heat up in this season. I th- I think that I think people are done playing nice apparently. And Daniel Carr has returned to the AHL and and um, yeah. you know he has he missed uh, about 6 games or so, uh but uh, 11 goals, 17 assists, 28 points. He's uh, fourth place. Now, we've talked about Lavelle not having um, um, having a hard time scoring, having a hard time scoring on the power play. Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, Daniel Carr. Um, this is about choices. Daniel Carr with 11 <laughs> goals. He leads the league with seven power play goals. Oh. That would really help. Second, yeah. second in power play goals is Zach Redmond, uh, oh. former 
member. Um, Zach Redman also leads the league in game-winning goals with six. Um, In second, uh, as far as game-winning goals, we have four from Chris Terry. Chris Terry leads the AHL in goals overall with 16. Um, Huh. So there were some choices made. Uh, The players who uh, didn't return are um, having excellent seasons with their respective teams. That's uh, it's, it's it's funny how that works out. And and Dan Carr has has had at least one Vegas call up. And um, yeah, so hmm. But no, I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure it was the right move to make. Just putting it out there, right? Um, <laughs> in fact, when you look when you look at the top twenty uh, skaters in in terms of points for the season, I mean Peter Holland is in the top twenty, and that's who that's who was traded away to get Adam Krakna last year. Uh, he's sitting at twenty three points on the season, so plenty of plenty of familiar names in there. What is becoming more and more familiar, however, or at least more frequent, uh, Rick, is something we we have to talk about the jersey situation in the ECHL and in junior hockey. I know we've talked about this before on a on a top five last season where we talked about, you know, the top five worst jerseys in hockey. And a couple of them, I think, that maybe made our honorable mention lists were um junior hockey and, and ECHL hockey jerseys that were, that were designed for a particular theme night. But that, that trend has seemed to just gone off the rails completely. You actually pointed a, a couple of these out to me and then, and then I found another one and it was just, I don't know. Like I get the theme nights. I get that it, you know, it's for the families, it's for the kids, it's for the fans. But do we have to make these players dress head to toe in uniforms that make them look absolutely ridiculous? This is my question. And and I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe there's another sport um, where they do that, do this. Um, I, I know, we, you know, in, in, in baseball, and so, well, last night we had a... Uh, fashion faux pas with, with the all lime green, um, Ugh. Uh, Seattle <laughs> color rush. Oh, uh, that, that looked Terrible. awful. Uh, but, but it's still a football, you uni- know, a, a football uniform that they're wearing, uh, in yeah. baseball, uh, particularly at the triple A and double A level, they have, you know, a multitude of, 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 uh, jerseys, but they still look like jerseys. It's, it's those in, in hockey, um, where they try to look like something else, like a suit, like a, um, you know, the Harry Potter one or the Don Cherry suit or the, the, teddy bears. the, 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 I think that was probably the worst one I've ever seen. Um, and, and I understand the teddy bear toss and it's very important and full support for that. But when you're, you're putting your players out and humiliating, humiliating them, um, by uh, you know, putting little bear tails on them, it's 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 that's just 
that's just way over the line. That's, that's someone who in the marketing department who doesn't understand the game of hockey at all. Right. And it's almost one thing at the junior level, at the ECH level, these are professional hockey players. Many of these are men. These are not boys. These are not teenagers. They're, they're men playing professional hockey. And I, and I saw, I don't know who it was, somebody for the Christmas spirit uh, they had, and I don't remember if it was junior or if it was ECHL, but, but their theme night was that it was elf. And so they were all, all of their uniforms head to toe looked like Will Ferrell's costume in elf. Um, I love elf. I love that movie. I love teddy bears. They're great. I love Harry Potter. I don't want to see hockey players dressed up like them on the ice. I don't, unless, unless it's, unless that's what they chose to dress up as for Halloween. That's the only time I want to see hockey players dressed up like Elf or Harry Potter or Teddy Bears or SpongeBob SquarePants for that matter. I think that was the one in our top five last year. I think there was a team that did SpongeBob SquarePants night and that was just ridiculous. So I don't know. I just, I would like this trend to stop. I would, I'm all for the theme nights. Uh, the kids really get into the theme nights. I love, you know, when, when we go to the rings, Rick, and, and it's superhero night and you see all the, all the little boys and girls that are there at the game dressed up in their superhero costumes, or if it's Star Wars night and they're dressed up in their Star Wars costumes and the kids really love it. And that's, and that's great. Um, but, but yes, there's, there's that line that we need to draw, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, leave, leave that to leave those, um, gimmicky kind of things to to the mascot mascot or the the entertainment team or or whatever it is um, and and let the players be hockey players. Absolutely. Well, and hockey players will continue to be hockey players this week as they get set for more games. Uh, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms have two games this weekend. Uh, they have a home game against the Belleville Senators on Friday night. So Belleville will play in Laval on Wednesday and then we'll head to Lehigh Valley to play uh, against the Phantoms here in Pennsylvania on Friday. And then Lehigh Valley goes on the road and will play Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins just up the turnpike on Saturday night. Um, As we said with Laval, they have three home games this week. Wednesday night, they host the Belleville Senators yet again. So that's you know, and and again, they're coming off a 7-2 loss from the Belleville Senators last Friday night. So stay tuned for how they respond and, and try to come back in this one. And then they have uh, back-to-back Friday night and then Saturday at 3 o'clock against this visiting Syracuse Crunch. And Rick, that's always entertaining hockey when those two teams take the ice together. It is. It's uh, yeah. It's it's feisty. It's it's fast. It's physical. It's uh, always always very good games. It is, and our very own Chris G will be in the building on Friday and Saturday night uh, with live coverage of those two games against Syracuse. So be sure to uh, follow along at the AHL Report on Twitter. You can find me at Flyers Rule. You can find Rick at All Habs, and of course we'll have. Uh, live game action uh, on those Twitter feeds. And then on the AHL report, we'll have full game recaps, game reports, uh, post-game audio from the coach and key players after each game, video highlights, statistics, you name it. We've got you covered. Absolutely top to bottom. Should be a good week of hockey. A great week of hockey. And be sure to uh, follow along. 
uh, we'll engage with you on Twitter, on um, Facebook, on Instagram, uh, and uh, via our four podcasts uh, on Rocket Sports Radio. Love it. Lots of content, something to satisfy all your needs from the NHL, the AHL to junior hockey and beyond. Um, and uh, yeah, so enjoy your hockey this week. Rick, it's been another great episode. We had a lot to pack in there. Absolutely. Glad to be here. And uh, we'll talk to you next Tuesday. That's right. Next Tuesday. Don't forget, come on back for another great episode of From the Press Box. Uh, until then, have a great week. Enjoy hockey. We'll see you out there on social media and online. Have a great week. We'll see you in the back here next Tuesday. And keep on.